Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. podcast is presented to you by our new sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a live entertainment platform that's rethinking ticketing by caring more about fans, teams, and venues. SeatGeek shows events happening in your location and takes all the confusion out of, of ticket buying. They use a zero to ten deal to tell you whether you are getting a good or bad deal on the ticket you're about to buy. Plus, our listeners, opening kickoff listeners, get $20 off their first, uh, first ticket purchase with the code opening kickoff. That's opening kickoff. Click the link in the description if you have the ability to. <laughs> and remember to use code opening kickoff for $20 off. Here's Tiki. Welcome in to this edition of the opening kickoff podcast. Our Took a lot to get here. Took a lot to get here. <laughs> and nobody will know because they will think this was a one take shot, one take. But uh, it was a struggle for us. I didn't have it. Thought I had it. It was a struggle. You got it. Some days you don't. You know that's 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 what we're learning here. It was a struggle to get through the ad read. Um, It it happens from the best to the best of them. So I'm your host, Dave Samuel. We got a loaded podcast for you. It's just the three of us tonight. I got my guy Peyton Gerard here. Who it was really entertaining to watch him try to do the ad reads and then stop and then have to restart and stop again. So we got it done. And it was one take. That's what you'll hear. And my guy Brandon Stevens is – I know the Celtics are on as we're taping, yeah, so we're doing a disservice exactly to what's Brandon. Happening right now. <laughs> we're doing a big disservice to Brandon right now that we're doing I thought about that. I thought about that, and I, I'm not the guy – I'm not the guy to say anything about it, you know. Oh, I'm never going to that guy. <laughs> I'm never going to – No, no, I meant, like, I'm not the basketball guy. So, like, I can't be like – you know, like, it'd be weird if I was like, gosh, should we be recording this podcast while basketball's on? Oh, you guys man. would all be like, the amount of gifts that would just be sent, like, what? <laughs> would you send that? No, nah, like, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, yeah, we can't do this right now. So, unless it's the finals. Unless it's the finals or the Bills are in the Super Bowl, I really don't care. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about the Bills' big win over the Chiefs. We'll talk about why Peyton has his Zoom name, Tennessee Cheated. We'll get into a lot of college football this week as well. And our opening kick this week revolves around the ongoing situation with Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders. And now the owners as a whole. If you have not been aware, I'd say last Wednesday was the ESPN. The last uh, 20 years, uh, the guy was a piece of shit. (laughs) <laughs> for a number of reasons, and only re- this is a crazy thing. He's been a piece of shit for twenty years, but only recently did they realize that he actually bro- broke the law doing it. They just thought they were getting fucked every weekend, but then they found out the guy's actually a scumbag. Yes, but this really came to a head with the article from ESPN from Seth Wickersham and Don Venata, 
uh, from outside the lines about exactly what Dan Snyder has been doing, quote unquote, behind the scenes. He's hired some private investigators. He is trying to maneuver through a lawsuit of all the sexual harassment that's going on, trying to get a new stadium deal when the three states he was looking at all really don't want him to build a new stadium there. On top of that, being investigated by Congress and the SEC for violations of money. So it's been a lot of fun for Dan Snyder, but this started with the ESPN column. He feels that he is being targeted and that he, quote unquote, has dirt on the other owners that could take down the NFL with with the use of the private investigators. Then we get to this week, which this is the whole thing that I don't think anyone realizes. The backdrop to this is that the owners meetings are happening. He's not invited to the owner meetings anymore. They don't want him there. They don't want him a part of this. So Jim Arce was asked about this a couple hours ago while before we taped. And he's he believes, said anything. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird saying that, but like I'm shocked he said anything about it. Yes. He came out and said, quote unquote, that he thinks there's enough there to merit removing Dan Snyder as the owners, which can happen. If the owners get majority, they can vote Dan Snyder out as the owner of Washington, get someone new in there to own the franchise. The commanders have responded not very nicely and from the spokesperson, basically calling out the credibility of Jim Irsay. And now we have Dan Snyder, who sent a letter to the owners that they all got when they got to the league meetings. Basically saying that I don't, I, he doesn't have dirt on him, not collecting dirt on any other owners to use his leverage so that they can't force him out and get rid of him as an owner. So a messy situation. Let me get your guys' take. What do you make of everything that's happening here, Peyton? I'm going to start with um, this, the blackmail thing. We can start there of the aspect of I don't know who it was and I would credit them if I did but I, I maybe I made this up maybe I have a tweet in my mind I should tweet this but I think I saw it was Dan Snyder telling all the owners that he has blackmail and they just tweeted out the clip from the Batman where he's like I know that uh, Bruce Wayne's Batman I want 10 million dollars for the rest of my life and Morgan Freeman just sits there and goes let me illustrate you have you're accusing one of the wealthiest men in the world of going out and being a vigilante bat, and you want to call him out and blackmail him? So you going to blackmail 20, 30, uh, 31 billionaires? You think this is the first time Jerry Jones ever been blackmailed? Probably not. This ain't his first. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to say? Unless somebody killed somebody, they're, they're going to be dead. They ain't scared of you. There's 31 of them. There's one of you. They ain't work. They'll shut that shit down quick. The next thing is, I, I kind of got a, I have a, a just like a, a alternate view, but kind of from the same point where it feels like this feels like a, a try me sort of moment. You know what I'm saying? It's like, very. It's I don't think that moment. was supposed to. I think that information could be true. I don't think it was supposed to be like released to the public or or found out at this time. They probably released it. They probably were like, well, yeah, I don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, that's what I was telling Dave. It was like, it kind of feels like they're trying to get in front of the eight ball a little bit here, you know? Um, if there's something coming, they're trying to get in front of it. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if we did, you know, maybe start hearing a couple stories here in the next couple coming weeks. You know, maybe it's maybe it's nothing big, but you know, something little by little here and there. You I've know, heard that Jerry Jones won the thousand times already. Oh, a million. I, know, I mean, he literally had a skin, he put a million dollars in the trust fund. Like Jerry Jones don't give a shit. That dude runs Texas. He don't care. Like, what yeah, do you can't first off, Jerry Jones runs the league. You ain't getting rid of him. Like, unless he murdered someone or knew someone got murdered and he called the shots like a mafia boss. He ain't getting kicked out. And that's the sad truth. You know what I mean? Like, he could have done some horrible shit. But, like, yes. does anyone think Jerry Jones is ever not going to be in the NFL until he dies? No, he will die uh, uh, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And then the next point of, like, they're questioning Jim Ursay's character. Jim Ursay's a drunk. Everyone knows it. No, he, I don't think he's ever even disputed that fact. So you're going to question the guy's character, like, you know, I mean, what's the worst thing Jim Irsay's done? Left some bad voice? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think he did He did do something. What he did? He had a couple DUIs about five, ten years ago. I think when you're did. a billionaire, you can do that. You're cool. Like, I'm. I, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just yeah, saying, like, like, Jim Irsay. If Jim Irsay, the way I look at it, if Jim, I didn't look at it like, oh, Jim Irsay's talking shit. I look at it like, if Jim Irsay's going out there saying some stuff, Imagine that. He thinks that guy's character is so bad, he needs to be gone. Jim Irsay's questioning the guy's character. You know what I mean? And then you got the drug thing. I, I think that was something that was missed. Like, the head trainer got arrested by the DEA for, like, drug trafficking. Like, I mean, the guy was running, like, a fucking crime ring there in Landover. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how he stays an owner with all these allegations and, like, investigations from Congress. Everything. It doesn't make sense. But we've been saying this for ever. Forever for years. And especially here recently, at least for the last like seven, we've been saying this. So my question is, what is it gonna take? What is it gonna take? Then to then to check that box when they get that ballot and say goodbye. Like, just do, how, here's what I think. I was doing this, I was playing a numbers game. You know, like, lawyers look at the jury and they count up, like, the votes and stuff in their head, right? This person's on our side, whatever. I'm struggling to find another owner that is good, like, what they need, what, eight owners to go on the, on the other side, right? Yes, eight owners yeah. need to, is the number, is the cutoff. 24 owners vote yes, then he's out. Okay. They need nine. They need nine to keep Dan Snyder. Right? Oh, well, no, I guess it's eight because he doesn't count, right? Yeah, it would be eight. Okay. They need Anyways. essentially the, whatever. We're on technicalities. I'm still struggling to count up eight people. What eight owners are going to vote for him? I don't think there is. I like, I, to me, this is all, and eventually we're going to, Dan Snyder is not going to be the owner of Washington. He will, he will have to sell the team because at the end of the day, the NFL's got enough shit they're dealing with from the Deshaun Watson stuff to the concussion problems. This is a headache that can go away. This is a headache they can take care of and get rid of. And eventually, to me, Dan Snyder is going to be the odd man out. And I'm with you. There may be only like one other owner I can think of that will probably be on his side. And that's Jimmy Ooh. Haslam of the Browns because he's just yeah, because he's right. a, he's a, right. he's the guy to give Sean Watson the contract. 
So like, yeah. and those are the two owners right now that if you read the piece, they're the two owners that everybody else in the club doesn't like. They don't like Dan Snyder for all the stuff that's happened. I think as much they're as pissed at Dan Snyder about the fact he didn't pay them the money he was supposed to, which is why he got Congress got involved in the first place was because he wasn't paying the visitor fees that you're supposed to as an owner when your team comes to play. You're supposed to pay. He was withholding tickets from them so they can't make the revenue. They were pissed at him for that. There's all, all this other stuff that doesn't bother them because this has been in the league. I mean, I hate to say it, but all that has happened in the NFL. What they got really upset with is he was withholding the money. They play in a crappy stadium, and he fumbled the bag on getting a new multi-million dollar stadium in Maryland or in Virginia or in D.C. I mean, reading the ESPN piece, he had the Virginia deal done. He had both sides, Republican and Democrat, on his side and fumbled the bag. And that, to me, is what will eventually do Dan Snyder in. And now he's played this card of, oh, I've got dirt on you. You can't get rid of me. That's just going to be more motivation, I think, for the other owners. What dirt does they have? What could he have? Well, and let's let's call – yeah, let's call spade a spade. Are we really surprised that multimillionaire billionaires do some things that are not exactly practical and on the up and up? Doesn't surprise me one bit. Particularly considering how big the NFL is. Exactly. There's a reason we're not owning an NFL team and they are. And it isn't just because of the bank, the the money in the bank. Don't spare me on that. They they have other things that have happened. So to me, this is all nice. And this is, to me, Dan Snyder's backed into a corner, trying to find his way out of this. And his way he thinks to do it is to try to intimidate. And to me, that sign seal delivered if I'm the other owners. I'm like, we, we don't need this guy here. Get this mm-hmm. guy out. He's costing us money. He's making us look bad. We've got enough to deal with. Now, And it, to me, it's the same thing with Jimmy Haslam. They don't like Jimmy Haslam for the purpose of he gave the contract to a guy that didn't deserve the fully guaranteed contract. So he's already ostracized. Those are the only two guys. Like, if Dan Snyder's smart, he's got he goes to get Jimmy Haslam and say, you and I are in this together because we're both the fuck-ups that nobody likes in the NFL right now. And that's the only way you treat this. I, I don't know how else, because I can't see another owner, even Jerry Jones, who is his best friend, basically has kind of backed himself away from Dan Snyder. I, I, I don't see another owner that I, I'm with you. Outside of Haslam that I can say, yeah, probably signs up. Well, say you got – okay, we, you can assume, just based on character, the Roonies, they ain't going for that. Uh, the Shoddy, uh, he ain't going for that. Uh, Jerry Jones, he ain't going for it. That's probably the biggest one. You know what I mean? Kraft won't you go got, for it. Kraft ain't going for it. Kraft already that. beat his own case a couple he, times. I don't need more cases. He's like, we need <laughs> to shut this down. You know, we need to stick together. Uh, you're not You're not getting the Packer vote because that's – that's the not McCus- even a the the, uh, the Bears owners, the McCuskies, or however mm-hmm. you say it. That that family. You think that old woman gonna vote for that fucking guy? Hell no. She's gonna walk in there. The Lions owner, the Fords. Yeah. Woody, Woody Johnson with the Jets isn't gonna. The mayor. The mayors for sure are not gonna deal with it. Be on Hell this side. no. Hell no. Yeah, so you, you got literally the NFC East. They ain't going for it. Yeah. And I mean, we all know where this is leading. Jeff Bezos is going to own this team. 
probably. I'd imagine. You know, he wants it. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. Like he had, what he has to do, like financially with Amazon. I mean, he probably has to like exile himself completely of like operations. From I'd imagine it'd be like a big. I don't know. If conflict of interest is involved there, but I'd imagine that has to be right. Without a doubt. So I'm saying Bezos. They would love Jeff Bezos to be in there. You know what I mean? A guy that power, like you would want an owner like that. I think not many people like hate Jeff Bezos. I don't think he was just like, eh, kind of a weird guy, an oddball. But I mean, you know, probably not a big threat in like the the scandal area. If he especially gets away from that, but like that's what I'm saying. He is at votes. He ain't gonna. There's no if if he won, I would want. I would I would love to see. The ballot. I need some reporter to find it. I need a bug. I, get fired from your job. Just do it for the people. We, it would be the best. You can sell it for a billion dollars. The Netflix documentary, the Hulu one. Get it out there. I just like I, I read everything that's happening, and I'm like, this is all nice, and you can make all the threats you want, but Dan, this. This is how this ends. There's no other way this ends in my eyes. Brandon, you we got into this pre-show you're convinced the other way so before we move on what makes you think dan snyder stays just it just feels like there there could be some validity to this report and maybe just maybe he has something worth a damn right he has something for somebody to look at and be like oh you know like Maybe we should we should look into this. Maybe there's something there. I, I that just because that just that's just what this feels like to me. Like you don't have this sort of report come out, and there's no like there's just nothing nothing to it, right? Like you don't say like oh like yeah I got dirt on the on these guys, and then days if not weeks really have passed since we've heard that, you know the first time. So it's not like you were in any real rush to clear this up. I know he said in the uh, in the letter that he wrote that he had tried to uh, to clear that up with ESPN before they made their um, you know their final edits for the article and, and published it. But that just kind of feels like something that they would just they would just do, right? Like they would include in the article that you know Dan Snyder reached out. Or the commander's PR team reached out and denies these alley, but that's not even in the in the report. So it feels like the, somebody, you know, got that information from ESPN and they're just trying to, you know, get in front of the eight ball here. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see or hear a story, a really big story here in the next coming days or the coming weeks. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's still I, I... It reeks of desperation for a man that knows right now. Like, everything I read, everything I hear about this, even his statement that he put out to the owners, reads like a guy that already knows how this ends. He knows how this plays out, that he loses this team, probably goes to jail, I would think, for what Congress is trying to get him on. Really? Like, well, I don't know if he I mean, goes to jail. Well, he's going to face I mean, severe penalties one way or another because what he did is he gonna he gonna feel it one way yeah. or another. I don't think you know he he what's it uh, club fed he I, he may go to club fed but I doubt it. 
<laughs> he gonna pay a lot of. He gonna play a lot of fucking penalties. Yeah, and and the the smallest penalty will be you're gonna have to give up the team, and probably they're gonna take it out of his family too. Like they they read in the in the piece they talked about well his wife is liked by the owners and they'd be okay if she was running the team. I, I think like they're gonna strip the entire Snyder family what? out of there. Hey, you have to. I mean, look, they yeah. did it with Jerry Richardson. I mean, we forget that that's Basically. how David Tepper got Carol got the Panthers. Was Jerry Richardson had some real bad allegations come out against him. Now, the only difference was Jerry Richardson knew when it was just I need to leave instead <laughs> of yeah, he, did, he yeah he he at least left yeah he, he saw like, the writing on the wall. I'm out. This is. My exit. I am done. He sold yeah, the writing on the me. wall, and he said, I'm out. And that's where Dan Snyder, I think, is beginning to realize what the eventuality of all of this ends up being, which is I'm going to lose the team, and that's it. Like, I'm going to not be a part of the, the boys' club, the best, the biggest club in, in the world, is, and I'm not going to be a part of it because I screwed up so badly. And he only has himself to blame. That's why I, f- I find the whole thing comical. And it now is just fun to watch, like, the volleys being lobbed at each other from Jimmy Irsay to Dan Snyder. Do you know other owners are going to jump in on this? And ke- and it's just going to it's gonna go. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to come back to when, the NFL. When did that vote happen? When did that happen? It will have to happen at the league meetings. So it could happen this week, potentially. If not, it, if if not, more than likely happens at the end of the season when they have the their after season meetings. Probably after. I would think after the season, unless something really damning comes out uh, 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 between now and the end of the season. Which, if I'm the other owners and I really want to get Dan Snyder out, I mean, if he's hiring private investigators to do his dirt to do this digging. <clears throat> If That's I'm if I'm then if I'm them I go right back at him and I'd find something to where he we can you can walk in and say Dan the ultimatum is this just printed everybody knows the worst thing about you that you've tried to hide you need to leave you're you're done we're going to remove you as an owner you need to sell your stake in the team and sell this franchise and we want nothing to do with you ever again that's what I think if you're the other owners, that's what I would do. I'd reverse and go right back at Dan Snyder to get him out. You do the old newspaper trick. Have Jerry Jones walk in there. Hey, hey, uh, Dan, here, here's a newspaper of what tomorrow's going to say. There, now, there's two headlines here. Dan Snyder resigns. Or Dan Snyder did meth with Jay Gruden and had sex with a hooker. <laughs> Which, which do you one, want? Which one are we leaning? Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the most fascinating thing out of that first piece on ESPN from Seth Wickersham and Don Van Nata was the fact that they think that he was the one that leaked the John Gruden emails to get yes. at Bruce Allen. That was the part to me where it was the most fascinating was that he was the guy that that they believe sabotaged John Gruden. Yeah, which, we remembered it. <laughs> we remembered it. John I, I think that's something that kind of flew under the radar, though, too, at the same time. 
I think we all knew. We all knew where these emails came from. Yeah. You know. I think mean, one way or another, we knew it came from another owner in the league. And it came <laughs> from somebody. I just don't think we made the connection until late in the process that it was probably most likely Daniel Snyder that leaked those in an effort to screw over Bruce Allen and make him the scapegoat for, oh, it wasn't me that was all this problem in Washington. Bruce Allen's the one that really fucked everything up here at the end for us. Yeah, Bruce Allen, you're fucking bestie. <laughs> They're like best friends. All right, let's dive in real fast because we spent a lot more time on that than I expected us to into some of the college football discussion. And let's start with probably the game of the year, Tennessee upsetting Alabama 52-49 in a weird game, bizarre game in some ways the way it ended with the helicopter kick that went in from 40 yards out. To Don't know how that went in. Neither do I because you watch it go off the foot and you go, Oh, dear God, he shanked it. And it just kind of like spun like a UFO in up between the uprights. I thought it got hit. I thought the guy got there. So did I. Like, to me, there was no way that that naturally came off his foot spinning like that. But it somehow it did. But let me well, ask this question, because, Peyton, you believe Tennessee had some help in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling it up. Uh, I mean, you you watched the game, right? Yes. Would you say that the game was ref evenly, was officiated evenly to both teams? I thought the officials were bad for both sides. I really did. Because I thought at first, I said, man, that's a lot of penalties on Alabama. But then I went back and looked at some of the other games, and they've had two games this year where they've been penalized 15 or more times. And the other one was Texas. So, uh, to me, you can – Another fishy make, Alabama game. You can make the, make the case, and I'm not going to say that there may not be legitimacy to it, but I, I think at the end of the day, I just think Alabama is that undisciplined this year. And it's hard for everybody to wrap their heads around it because it's Nick Saban, and we're used to the standard being a well-disciplined, well-run machine that is Alabama. And I just don't think that – this is the, this Alabama team this year. I think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot a lot of times and make bonehead decisions. And I, as bad as the officiating was, I think it was really bad for both sides. So, See, see I hear you, but Alabama had 17 penalties. I think you have to, like, want to find some of those. Like, I think you really – now, I know I, I, this is what I – because, I, you know, where I live down here, like, there, there are a decent amount. I mean, Knoxville's only four hours to the west. So, I, there, I know a lot – a decent amount. I know guys who were at the game. Guy literally skipped his uncle's wedding and said, fuck this, I'm going to the game. Bought a $400 ticket and went. Probably the best decision of his life to miss that. And, like, I don't think anyone argues with you. But I, I was just – my biggest problem – was and I'm biased because I bet it, and I ended up I ended up coming out even because I lived it at plus three and a half. But that the one that sticks to me the most is the pass interference at the end where they picked it off. Where I saw the picture in the video of when he threw the pi flag. I don't know if you did you see that, Dave. I did. 
Yes. You saw Brandon? I did. He was – I mean, the guys that passed the 50-yard line when that flag came out. I mean, in what world does that happen? That happens – if that happened to the Ravens or the Bills, or the, I'd be losing my shit. I would lose my goddamn mind when I saw how late he threw it. What, what do you think went through that guy's mind to delay that probably, I'd say, a good 10 seconds to throw that time yeah, I don't know. It it, it kind of did feel like uh maybe a late communication, but that was so was that, so he egregious. was back there though. Yeah, exactly. And I exactly. thought I didn't think it was PI because I thought he underthrew the ball really bad. He threw the old Joe Flacco special bucket. He's down there somewhere catching. Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna oh, get a penalty out of this. Now you see, I I I. I I watched a play, watched a replay. It was definitely pass interference. The kid was all over him once the ball was in the air. It To me, that was the right call to make in that situation because he did essentially, no matter how bad the ball was from Hennon Hooker, that guy, that DB kept the Tennessee receiver from having a chance to make the play. So I thought the penalty was right. I, I don't – I give the ref the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he forgot where he put his flag. I mean, they threw 23 penalties in the game. I know it was very lopsided to Alabama, but I'm lo- I, I the targeting through. one. I thought was the dumbest. Yes, that yeah, targeting I, I, one I, was rough. That was rough because I saw. I never actually agreed with like targeting, but by the rule, that looked like it. I saw a video of the same, like nearly the same thing happened to Alabama last year when they played Texas A and M. Like literally the same situation. They hit the quarterback late. They threw out a guy. I don't. I don't think he was. I think they threw out someone else. But it was the same thing. They threw him out, and I was like, "Okay, that's at least roughing the passer." Then it looks like targeting. Hmm. And I'm like, "This guy's out of here." And they said he was, st- you know, call stand or no penalty on no targeting. I'm like, "What? I know nothing about this game anymore. I've just lost it." And like. I don't know. I just thought there were little things like that. You know, obviously, Tennessee did get some bad penalties, too. I think it was overall a bad officiated game, but I I always felt like when Tennessee needed a break, they got it. And I feel weird arguing for Alabama in this situation. I need that to be clear. Like, I feel weird doing that, but I think that there's a precedent of, like, all right. No, no, no. You call that right there. I'm not dis- I'm not saying that there isn't that possibility. I just think that it was a bad crew. It was just not a very good crew. I mean, to me, what sold me on the fact that they just weren't very good was they couldn't figure out what down it was. That and was that another thing. Series. I was like, that guy, I, how do you not know? That was fourth down. I was like, that is actually fourth down. And Not to mention he was standing on the Alabama sideline with the wrong down. I don't know how Nick Saban didn't see it. I know. And I was like, I think the other thing that bothers me was at every moment where Josh Heupel or – that's how you say his last name? Yes, Heupel. Josh Heupel. Yes. At every point when he wanted to make like a big ballsy move, he made the wrong choice. Like I remember they was like fourth or whatever. They could have kicked the field goal. They didn't take it. They didn't get it. Uh, at, every, he, could, he wanted to go for the kill shot like in the second or third quarter. Didn't get, like every time he tried to coach and like – do something on fourth down or something ballsy, it didn't pay off. Like, I feel like he didn't he didn't make the right coaching decisions. Now, obviously, like, and then Hooker and, like, 
them. They did their things. But I felt like I was like, this guy, what are you doing? Take the points. You're up like three scores right now. Take more. Analytics, man. Yeah, I don't want to hear that shit. Analytics, I'm done with. I don't want to hear that word anymore. He's the biggest scapegoat in the in football right now. It's not a scapegoat. It's the truth. Is it? Yes. What do you think? Like coaches just woke up one day and were like, ah, extra points. Ah, you know, why? Why? I think they decided they found a way. They were at a coaches meeting for the conference. They're like, guys, we're going to introduce this a new position. Well, I'll give you a budget for it in your salaries. An analytics guy. This is, gentlemen, the ultimate scapegoat. If you make a wrong choice on fourth down, it wasn't you. It was the analytics guy. And well, this guy how do you, how do you advance your sport? By saying you have an analytics guy, but really it's just you saying, fuck it, we're going for this on fourth <laughs> and one. Because I'm a fucking, I'm a big, big baller. I'm going to get it. You know? I mean, they're not doing anything great. Like, when Harbaugh goes for it, like, I kind of believe him, but, like, partially, like, part of me just thinks, I I think I'm Harbaugh. I have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback. I can get one fucking yard. That's probably, <laughs> like, that's, that's the same for Josh Allen. He's like, I have a six-foot-six guy who's 260 pounds and has not shown any sign of going backwards when he meets someone in contact. Probably going to go for this. Yeah, you saying I kind of believe it is funny. I was like, I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> I kind of believe it. I kind of believe him. Yeah, we I'm can't say, get you fully on board. I'm going to say this, though. I don't think Alabama – like, everybody made the same crack. Well, Alabama's going to finish with one loss, and they're going to make their way. I really don't I, – I, I don't see this Alabama team making a college football playoff. I, I'm. It might be a cold take, and I'll own it if I'm wrong, but I, I'm. this is – not an Alabama team that gives me a lot of confidence, and they still got tough games ahead. Mississippi State that I think has started to play better. Yeah. Old Miss in a couple weeks, that's, that's a game I don't – like right now I would take Old Miss because I think Old Miss is better than Alabama. They don't score enough for me. Their offense is slow. They move like snails, and it's like an up-tempo offense. It's weird. I, but I, I just look at this Alabama team and I say they could really have two losses right now. Like they probably should have yeah. lost to Texas, maybe three because they should have lost to Texas A and M if Texas A and M had a quarterback. So I look uh, at this Alabama team. They didn't have their quarterback. Yeah, well, I, okay, okay, so we're. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Brandon, you're you're effing. Not even halfway through the first Boston Celtic <laughs> game of the season, and you're you're already telling us you're tanking. Thank Come you on, what sort of fan are you? We're tanking for victory, Dude, okay? It's no a fucking day. NBA. You could be down forty points in the second quarter. You could win by ten. Doesn't yeah. matter. No further you know, questions. No further questions at this time. We are tanking. Would you rather me. take this L to David Miles now? Or do you rather take it in like and May? Exactly, and that you know, I'm just trying to get in front of the eight ball here. Okay. Soften right. the blow a little bit, if you will. Uh, see this, Dave. I have this number in my head. When Georgia and Tennessee play, who do you think wins, and what do you think the score is? Like how, or like, what do you think the margin of victory is? You don't have to like give me an actual score. I think Georgia wins by a field goal because I think that Georgia has just a little bit more defense 
than Alabama does, if that makes sense. Dang, but only yeah. a field goal, though? Oh, I, well, got I, mean, ten, look, I got him by. I, I got him say, by. I got him convincingly. Convincingly. <laughs> like, Kirby Smart literally just watched his, like, mentor lose, and he has all the film. Like, you don't think that he's going to be more prepared for that game than any other game? Like, he's going to be ready to beat the shit out of Josh Heupel. Yeah, that and might be Hunter, a good old-fashioned routing right there. Hendon Hooker, Heisman Hopes, done. In that and game, SEC, in that moment. SEC championship, done. You know, national championship, done. Like, literally, like, right there. And, you know, Alabama will have to probably win. I think they'll have to put – they're going to have to play Georgia in the SEC championship. They'll lose. So, I think they probably won't get in. I think you're right because of that. I mean, I don't, I don't know how – I don't know. They can't get in with two losses, sure. No. No, no, because especially when you look at like sort of how the rest of the landscape of college football here is played out, you're going to have very good teams in this mix. I mean, yeah. at least one of the big 10 teams is going undefeated, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan. One of them is going unbeaten. You've got yeah. Clemson, who has beaten three ranked teams and potentially will beat more. If they go to rest it away, you've got the Pac-12, which I think all of a sudden, where maybe we didn't think they were as legitimate at the beginning of the year. I think UCLA is buns. I'll say it. I think I think they're frauds. Okay. TCU's in a, in a Big 12 sitting out there. Like, there's, I think, quality teams that are going to have better records in Alabama when this is all said and done. At what point do we start to accept that maybe the lower tier teams might actually be okay? Like, what what is making UCLA a fraud? I just got to – I don't like – they go toe – like, you can't go toe-to-toe with, like, a Fresno State or, like, underwhelming, like, D1 teams. Like, another D1, but, like, I just don't think you can go toe-to-toe. That's tier of D1. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can't be, like, going – you know, play for play, you know, this is a shootout now. Like, I just don't think you can do that. I just think that's, like, unacceptable in valuing it. And, like, I I just, you know, I think if you win enough, like, if you become Alabama, you have one of those games every now and again, people let that shit slide. Unless you've made it, you can't do that. You just can't. But let's – let let me make a counter-argument. Talking about UCLA, if they go unbeaten, they would have beaten – at a time of one loss, Utah, one loss, yes. Oregon, have to beat Washington, have beaten Washington, will have to have beaten USC. Like they've gone through a gauntlet just as tough in conference yeah. as any one of the other teams that we're going to talk that, that we talk about have a Pac 12 championship. Like to me, UCLA or USC goes unbeaten. They've had to play tough teams. Now, okay, admittedly, early in the year wasn't great. I'm not. I'm not. Like I'm not discrediting South Alabama. No, and I'm not discrediting bad. that. I'm not discrediting that. But at the same time, look at the gauntlet they ran through once they got to conference time. The, the, the Pac-12 has, outside of like an Arizona State, it's surprisingly semi-tough conference this year that none of us that. expected it to. Because we all thought it was just going to be Utah and Oregon. So, 
I, I think it's a hard case to make even that UCLA doesn't get in if they don't run the table. I think my Utah future is back on, though. Oh, my God, yeah. Like I, I Utah, think, I think everybody went out on them because of the Florida loss. And in UCLA, UCLA was just not a good matchup for it was, Utah. It was – if you look at the score, though, it's very different than when the game played. Like, that, like, it got out of hand because they went for four – I think they went for fourth and two from, the, like, their own 30. And he mm-hmm. would have got it. Dude, like, punched it out, and the ball bounced right in the DB's hand. He scored a pick six. I think – I mean, uh, he, he took it back for six. And then I think – they had another turnover. Might be wrong on that. And then they scored again. Like it was like neck and neck. And then all of a sudden it was like a two score loss. Like I don't know. You know I, I, that tweet that I sent in the other day is starting to 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 settle in and I feel like it could become a reality more and more each day where we get a, an all SEC college football playoffs. I'm for it. Sadly, I'm for it. Like it would be tough. It'd be. It'd it'd be, be That'd it be would the be NFL the best playoff, football. minimized. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NFL, wrap up this podcast with this. And we're going to start <laughs> – Peyton is feeling himself. But let's start with this question. Do you have more – I can't wait to hear what this is. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think we – He's, I think he's going to ask. I think he's going to ask. Do we have more faith in the Bills or the Chiefs? You know how I'm going to answer it. Yeah, I know. But so I'm trying to figure out what he's going to ask. You know, well, let's run. You know, let's run with that. You know, because it's with that. probably recording uh, as he's frozen. So it is. So I'm going to keep you right. Yeah. Um, I will say, I put 175 dollars on the Bills this weekend. Okay. And I wasn't worried at any point. Yeah. I, I never just knew. Never I just knew that. Josh Allen was. Oh, it's still recording. That's dope. Yeah. Okay. Never um, Josh Allen showed so much poise. And I think the biggest thing about like your Bills is they're not healthy yet. Like they're no. not healthy on defense. And they're playing good defense. So that tells me they got depth. Something happens later in the season. Doesn't matter. We've been here already to start the year. Had some big matchups already. We can be good. Right. Like the Chiefs, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. That's all I'm that saying. Like I think I think how you and Dan were talking, like, y'all gonna see again each other in January. If yeah. this unless, you know, something weird happens or a fluke kind of thing happens, but like you're gonna see um my internet just went out. I think we're good. Or do we have the power to internet this thing? I mean, in this yeah. recording. Yeah, yeah, we got the power to power to end it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll um, wrap this up. You know. Yeah, I don't. I would just, I would just say like, I like the bills right now, man. Yeah, I, I and that's not really me. You know, trying to 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 stroke our own ego or say that like, we're, it just doesn't feel like any, um. AFC team is really, you know, putting up a fight. They're not really making making any noise. I mean, you could talk about the Jets. You know, you could talk about – I mean, the AFC North is kind of just up for grabs. Whoever is going to figure out how to play football first. And that let division. me ask you, are we back? 
Um, I'll subscribe. I've been subscribed. So, you know, okay. I, I, I've always believed. I always believed. I think it really just comes down to your quarterback situation. Um, the, I think your defense is good enough alone to win you games uh, like alone. And but you I know that. I need TJ Watt back. Oh, like you, that. desperately, desperately, desperately. You desperately need him back. There's a, there's there's no time to waste on that on that front. You need him. Oh, back. Eight I mean, without him. You well, need one your DBs to get. Yeah, you need your DBs to get healthy. I mean, honestly, I think that was the most impressive part of, of, of that game is you guys going out there with, you know. Uh, three uh, unnamed. <laughs> I do. They found a tequila cowboy on Friday night and said, "Damn, he threw a nice right hook there." You ever yeah. play football, son? Yeah. We we, we got a one day contract for you. Come three on. Three unnamed corners or or DBs just in general to go mm-hmm. out there and really perform. I mean, they're locking Mike Evans up. I mean, Chris Godwin had a had a good day, but I mean, when you're Focused on the big guy, of course, the smaller guy is gonna have you know gonna have himself a little day there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was really impressive. I think that was probably that's probably gonna be the Steelers' best win of the season. I'll remember, especially if Tom Brady retires, because I'll know that his last game in Heinz at Heinz Field. Uh, I talked Hines about this earlier with somebody. Do you think that's a possibility? Like, do you think that's on the table? What, like retirement? a mid-season retirement from him? I don't think – I don't think it's on the table unless, like – I just think – like, I think about Tom Brady like this. I've never thought he's an asshole. Like, I think, like, literally he's, like, a good guy. You know, he's probably a dick in, certain, in the ways he's supposed to be to be successful, right? Yeah. Everyone's, you know, no nice guy wins, right? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. But like a family man, everything like that. I mean, I just think like ultimately, you know, he put her, you know, just how this little little uh, pop culture talk it feels like. But like, Kyle put that on hold. Right. You know, the kids are kind of like there. Like they they probably don't really realize how big of a deal this was. Um, but I think he's gonna like realize like man. I, I really don't need to do this. Like, I, I really want to know in that, like, whatever, how many weeks, what made him want to change his mind? Like, what could have actually happened? It wasn't anybody saying you're not the best. It wasn't anybody doubting your talent. It wasn't anybody saying you couldn't win another Super Bowl. So, like, what was it? Did, you know, did he feel like he didn't get to go out on his own terms? You know, what? Did, I, I just don't – I want to know what, what would bring that guy – you've done everything. Are you just addicted to it? You don't know what to do with yourself? Start a clothing brand. How about you go run that? You have a billion commercials now. Go work on that shit. If you want to do a podcast, I guarantee you people would listen. And I know he does, like, one with SiriusXM, but, like, I think he's done after this. Yeah. I don't know why. It's not getting better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get the point of it. Do you think it was – the the A B situation. Do you think that that like messed up that team chemistry so bad that he just felt like we got it? I have to get another year in after this. I would. Ha- this is what I think. I think Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles sat him down and had a real one on like real maybe Brian Byron Leftwich was there 
they had a real conversation. Tom, we just need one more. Like, it's almost like they're going like, how the MCU is trying to get Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. back for two movies. They're like, yeah. We need one. One more time, brother. One last like, ride. One last ride. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? And they probably sold him on it. And, you know, he probably talked to, you know, Giselle about it. And she was probably like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's cool. You can do that. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> hey, like, it's like when I, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go golf. Yeah. Yeah. Like, then you get home, it's like, you fucked. You're like, fucked up. Like, the first day he got back from camp, he was screwed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I really, I, I, I would have to imagine if those three guys walked in his house and they begged him and pleaded with him for one more try. One more. There's one more ride. Let's get us. We'll get a set right. It'll set us up for the future somehow. We'll be right, you know. I don't know. I really that would be the only way I think Tom Brady went back. Or unless Bill Belichick said something to him and like passed like, you ain't fucking shit, dog. You're not or like didn't pay him their respect. Fuck Bill. I'm gonna beat him. <laughs> I, so I, I don't know. I, what do you No oh, hey! I know I've been back for about five minutes. I just didn't want to interrupt your conversation. Uh, apologies for that for everybody that was listening. I'll try to clean that up and post it. But I just think Tom Brady retired and then it just became, oh, well, I don't really want to give up playing just yet. I still have this contract with Tampa Bay. Like in, 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 in other terms, I think he had the urge to play again. And that's what led to it. And I think what got him in trouble and why he's probably looking as stressed as he is, is he made promises he wasn't going back. But then he said, then all of a sudden it was, hey, I'm going to come back. And really, Tampa Bay has a different year if they don't have all the injuries on the offensive line right out of the gate. Yeah, like Jensen and them being out, man, like you can tell it makes a difference. Allie yeah, Mark, people retired. were blowing that clip out of proportion last weekend, you know, about him yelling at the offensive line. It's like, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to I do? Think he right? had, I think he had every right. To, you're not, we you're had not no, playing. We had no to, business getting there. Yeah, you're not playing up to, up to your own standards. You know, that's what he said. He was like, you should be ashamed of how you're playing. Not, you know, it's not him saying, yo, I'm mad at the way you're playing. Is You should be mad at the way that you're playing. Because you know this is not how, how yeah. you know, we normally go about things. Oh, I mean, oh. again, if I'm if I'm the O-line, first off, I'm going, well, Tom, your play hasn't been stellar. You going to be – who who going to say that? Who? I'm, who? I'm the same. I'd be like, who? <laughs> look, I'm the type of – look, I was the type of lineman where if my quarterback came at me and said something – that next play, I might just happen to fall or trip and oh wow. Hey, you want to come you want to come after the lineman? Kind of we can we can show you what happens when you you piss us off and you think we're not doing our job. Well, we'll show you what it looks like when we don't do your job, do our job. And it's much worse than whatever was happening to you there, Tommy. As well, Dave, if, if Dave is ever an offensive lineman at some point. NFL teams, I hope you're um, hearing this. Tom, um, do you do you have a second? Tom? Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, uh, you know, um, I just want to talk to you. What do you want to say? Huh? Huh? I just, you know, I just didn't like the way you were talking to my other guy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
learn the plays. When I say pass protect, you pass protect. You got my life in your hands. You fucking protect it. That's like literally what I would think. That's protect. That's how that conversation went. You don't. That's how that conversation went. You and you don't. You you. Who who is gonna say this is Tom Brady? This is a good question, Dave. I've heard. Look, I've heard it my whole life playing football, where everyone's like, you know, you know, everyone's coachable, everyone's the same. That shit's a lie, bro. You don't treat the starting quarterback the same way as you treat the third offensive line. You may treat him like that as a person, like I, I also feel like a nice guy. You don't, you don't give them the special treatment. That's why Wednesdays are like vet days, Tuesdays are vet days, or whatever it is. Like that's like universal. Like there's a reason that the thing you earn that, right? And it's like. Those guys aren't going to say anything to Tom Brady. They'll just suck it up, go with it. I mean, he didn't say anything wrong, but also they ain't going to say what they need to say about, like, you need to play back. Leave that to Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians to say that shit. But, like, they're not going to say it. Yeah, well, yeah, and another thing is I don't understand how you can't take constructive criticism from the leader of the offense. At the end of the day, I mean – you know, who's going to know more about how this machine should run, right? I agree. Like, so, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I don't, you know, I don't really think it was malicious. Like, they, I just no. think it's really a non-story. I mean, oh, Dave, what was your yelling question at his offensive line. Yeah, the, the question that I was so rudely interrupted because my internet decided to go out for five minutes. Um. Who should be more concerned? The Rams, the Packers, or the Broncos? Oh, wow. Oh, were we okay. way well, off we, about that question? We were way <laughs> off. We were way off. Like, we were going to say who – you said who, and then uh, we said, like, who are you more confident? We said more confident in the Bills and the Chiefs going forward. That's the way we went with it. Well, yeah. I'm fine that's with that because that was going to be a question later, but that's fine. Oh, okay. We so, went with the Bills unanimously. And I'd say so because I think Kansas City has the same issue. Like to me, I watch them out watching that game. These are two teams that have the same identical flaw. And Peyton Brandon is probably tired of me saying it. It's running the football. Neither team runs the ball well. The run game for the Bills is when Josh Allen decides to take off out of the pocket. And for the Chiefs, it's the underneath passes. I mean, they're three, they're two three yard dump offs with their run game. So to me, I think you're splitting hairs. I think these are the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah. But they have the same problem. They can't run the football. I, in fact, I was surprised Kansas City's defense played better than I expected them to. I do, um, too. I think that their DBs really showed up, um, you know, with them being undrafted rookies and, and whatnot, or like late-round rookies, a few of them. Um, and them not having McDuffie back, I think that's going to be huge whenever they could, you know, get him back on the field. Uh, Brandon, what would you give up for Christian McCaffrey, or would you even give up anything? Well, I don't have like a real. I, I'm I'm very bad at like real life trades. <laughs> yeah, I okay. prefer to do I prefer to do my trades on like Madden. Um, but, <laughs> okay, but, but what would I give up for for Christian McCaffrey? I mean, there's only one football. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of. Uh, a lot of Zach Moss and some picks, which like I don't really think that that moves the needle at all for for Carolina. I don't know. I don't. I really don't. I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. 
Because I don't know, I don't know what you value him as, as a as a healthy running back. He's been healthy so thus far this year. Will it continue? Who knows? But I feel like you kind of got to dock some some points off if uh, if he can't stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I think you it's know, two first. That's two, not two first. No, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not. Yeah. Look, the, I'm not giving up two first round picks. Any team that is that desperate for a run game, I'm not giving up two first round picks for McCaffrey. You gotta give up one, huh? You gotta give up one. I'm not giving up a first round pick. Period. Really? I, I like Christian McCaffrey. I think he's a great running back, but can't stay healthy. And I, you can get the production elsewhere. That's why the running back position is so devalued. You can find that production in anyone. Exactly. I just think the Bills' problem is they don't want to run the football. I think Devin Singletary is a fine running back for them. It's just they don't want to run the football. And when they do and Singletary gets hot, they'll do it for a couple plays, and then that's it. Then we start. Then they start throwing the ball around the yard, and it works. It works for them. I'm not saying that. That, that oh my god they're not going to win a Super Bowl because they can't run the football no it, it, they can win a Super Bowl playing the way they are but they have the same weakness it's they just don't run the ball well but I want to ask about the Rams Packers and Broncos because the, Denver is is incredibly irritating to watch play football <laughs> Green Bay actually is probably the most frustrating team I watch. And the Rams, I think the Rams are finally like all their decisions and going all in has backfired in a way, if that makes sense. They need sense. Odell. They need Odell, man. I don't know why, but I agree with everyone when they say that. I why does everyone feel like he I don't... is the, the, the glue that will hold any team together in the league right now? I don't know, but I believe it. I just think like this whole like just the way they play offense right now doesn't make any sense. Like it's kind of like they all those teams you've said have like a problem, the same problem, Dave, like at the root of it. But they all have other issues. But like they won't be they won't run the ball. Like or they can't or they can't run the ball. You know what I mean? Like the Rams, I mean, Cam Akers wants out. He doesn't like them. You got Aaron Rodgers who has AJ Dillon, who's like I think we all thought it was going to be a breakout season for him. Not even like getting any touches. They're not even using Aaron Jones like effectively. The Broncos. What did, what was Melvin Gordon's stat line last? Three carries, for, like eight. Three yards carries, eight yards. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That's a your. Joke. Is that your running back? You're not. You're only going to give him three carries. Like what? Yeah, that's I, that's more of a, a a Nate Hackett. Um. His inability to commit to to things. Yeah, but and he ran the ball. He ran the goddamn ball last year. But in fairness, like I pivoting, like when I watch Green Bay, that's what frustrates me so much with the Packers is it feels like you're still calling an offense thinking you have Devontae Adams at wide receiver. And look, maybe um maybe I'm wrong for putting some of this on Matt LaFleur, and maybe this is all Aaron Rodgers going out there and saying, hey. I'm Aaron bleeping Rogers. Look what I can do. And he just doesn't have the cast of characters, but it's like you're calling plays for a Devonte Adams offense with one problem. Devonte Adams isn't there anymore. 
And your bread and butter and your identity of that team should be A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones bludgeon them to death, then play action off of it. And the Packers just don't want to do it. Now, that's the Rams' big issue. I, the Rams' issue really comes down to their offensive line is not good. And, and that, that changes so much for them because they are a zone-running team that lives off the play-action pass with it. And it worked last year because they could run the football. They could protect Matt Stafford. Right now, they're not doing either of those. And that stems from the offensive line. The Packers is and is just a philosophy thing that I cannot for the life of me figure out why you're just not turning around and handing the ball off and saying, we're going to bludgeon you to death with these two backs. Because that, that might be one of the best two-back combos in football right Could now. Be. I will say, like, I watching Aaron Rodgers, like, I will say, you watching, like, some of the highlights like the Jets game, you can tell receivers are running wrong routes. It looks like almost, like, He's putting the ball in like a good spot, and either they're just not getting it, they're not like there is a disconnect with them. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to defend Aaron Rodgers because I think if you are going to win games, he has to learn to adapt, and I just don't think he is. But it, like, how are you going to run this team? How are you going to try to like, like Al Lazard's your number one receiver? That's like a great number two receiver. If that, yeah. that, that might be saying something. Alan know? Lazard is a great receiver when you have a Devontae Adams. And yeah. that, like, like that's, maybe it's like the Juju Smith-Schuster effect. When he had, like, A.B., like, he was, like, good for, like, a year and a half. Right. And then, like, you got rid of A.B., you're the number one guy. And then all of a sudden, like, Chase Claypool gets, like, six touchdowns in a game or some shit. And you're like, okay, so you're just you're just not the guy. Yeah, you're just not the guy. I, I mean, look at, look at Kansas City. You talk about – I think we talked about it last week where – you have these two-star receivers that have left these teams. Tyreek Hill going to Miami, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. Kansas City really, like when I watch them, hasn't missed a beat. It, the, the offense is still just as good without Tyreek Hill than when it was with Tyreek Hill. Now, the quality of receiver is a little down. I, I mean, you don't have, oh, my God, I, I pee down both legs because Tyreek Hill's out there. But Juju Smith-Schuster has produced. Um, Sky Moore looks like a, a decent pick for the Chiefs. You've got McCole Hartman, who looks like he's starting to kind of come into his own a little bit. Like, they've still got receivers, and Pat Mahomes has made it work with that group. I just get the sense when I watch the Packers, one, they really are impacted by not having Devontae Adams. And two, Aaron Rodgers just can't get this group to that level to where it can sustain any offense. And I don't, and think, he wants, I don't think he wants to. Right? Well, well then, then we need to have the conversation about Aaron Rodgers, and that's what I'm trying to figure out when I watch these Packer games is, okay, is this Matt LaFleur just not wanting to accept what the reality is, or is this Aaron Rodgers, I'm a gunslinger, couple-time MVP, I can make anybody look good, because right now he's not making anybody in that receiving group look good. Like, Romeo Dobbs has, like, one good week, and then he can't do anything for three weeks. Christian Watson can't stay healthy. Randall Cobb is on the wrong side of his career. Alan Lazard, we already talked about. Like, what? What? where's the issue for the Packers? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Matt LaFleur? Whatever well, it is. Aaron Rodgers kind of got so accustomed to just having that offense. Just It's me and Devontae. Me and Devontae. If Devontae's not open, I got this next guy. 
So when you take that big piece away and don't try to actively fill it with another big piece, like you could have, they could have done that, but they chose not to. So I think there's a lack of adjustment. I think from a guy who was already looking to get out of football, maybe out of Green Bay in general, now you do, you know, you you pull the Jordan Love stunt. Now you do this. I think he's just kind of at his at his wits ends here. Like, you know, it's just I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it out. And then if I feel like if they don't do anything in this upcoming offseason, I think Rodgers is done. And and I'll I'll look I'll go on to the, the, the Rams, I'll pivot to them too. How many rushing yards do you think their leading rusher has through what was this, week six? Mm-hmm. No but how many yards do you think how many you are yeah. Uh, how many yards do you think Daryl Henderson has? Around two fifteen. One seventy. Okay. One eighty-one. Okay. You know what they have as a total as a team through six games? Two hundred. No, can't be over five. Nope. Yeah, it's gotta be like four twenty-three. Yeah. That's pitiful. Mm-hmm. And then you look at targets. I mean, the despair, you got Cooper Cup with 72, 72 targets. And the next guy is Higby, who has 50. Allen Robinson, and I'm just, I'm just going to keep coming back to this all year. He has the same amount of looks as Scornick, or however the hell you say the other white guy. Scornick. Who yeah. cares? How are you <laughs> going to say that Allen Robinson should get the same amount of looks as that guy? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just is so so. What do we think the issue is there? Pass oh, it's, the fucking it's, ball to someone else. But is it the play calling? I think it's is it Stafford? No, it, it, to me, it's still the offensive line. It, it okay. to me, when I watch the Rams, it all starts with the offensive line. They don't, they can't run block well, and losing Whitworth has hurt. Their center's been out for a while. They're just really banged up on the O line. That hit. I mean, that hinders everything. You can't run the ball if your O line's bad, and your pass protection isn't great. Which I think is part of the reason why you see such a disparity in the targets is because I think a lot of the times Matt Stafford isn't having time to really go through progressions. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, he's basically going, "All right, I might have maybe two to three seconds. Where's Cooper Cup? That's my first look. All right, he's covered. I got to go quickly." Tyler Higby. I'm comfortable with Tyler Higby. Boom. Ben Skoranek was in this system last year. I'll look for him. Allen Robinson, if I have the time and he's open, I can get it to him. But I, I mm-hmm. think that's like what is happening with the Rams is just the offensive line has played so badly that you're just seeing sort of like, okay, I got to go to old reliable because that might be the only time I have is to find Cooper Cup. And the majority of the time, Cooper Cup is getting open, and that's part of it. So that's yeah. where I, I haven't seen Allen Robinson do that at that level. But I, I just think with the Rams, your O-line isn't protecting. Your O-line isn't opening up running lanes. You're in trouble. Now, defensively, I think the Rams did, haven't wanted to accept that their defense has been in decline for the last two years. It went from a top 10 defense last year. It was middle of the pack to it's right about middle of the pack again this year in terms of the metrics. It, it's, it, it's a defense that isn't getting better. It's getting worse. I would say, let me uh, put things into perspective for you. 
Alvin Kamara has played two less games and has 302 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. You got DeAndre Swift, who has only played three games, and he has 231 yards. Kenyon Drake, who really only played three, unless I'm wrong, Dave, says no, four, but I'm feeling it's only feel like it's three. It says four, but he didn't play one of those games, really. He has 184, three more yards than Daryl Henderson. Like, that's criminal. On a season. On a, on a season. Well, you know what? We have gone long here tonight on this podcast. I think this is where we hit pause yeah. and we'll come back next week. Next week, our good buddy, Antoine Staley, will join us. He's he's had a fun beat this year covering the New York Jets. So we'll get to talk to him about the Jets. And about football in general, and we'll have some. Uh, we'll get more into college football than we were able to tonight. Get apologies for the technical issues on my end. I live out in the boonies. And I think a squirrel ran on the internet connection, so <laughs> something like Fair that. Enough. I don't know. For Brandon Stevens, um, I, I don't even know, man. Go everybody. It's the first time I've been able to have overlapping seasons for my favorite teams, and at. Maybe ever. Yes, ever. <laughs> yes, ever. Right. So, you know, we're, we're here. We're You're here. flying high with your Phillies right now. Yeah. For Peyton Gerard. Have a good week, everybody. I'm Dave Stoutwell. So long. This has been the Opening Kickoff Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.